Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, cycling has come into its own in lockdown. It gave us a lovely way to enjoy the spring countryside during the one hour of exercise we were allowed. It made us fitter and more able to fight disease. It allowed key workers to get to work safely. And we appreciated the lower emissions and clean air as we learned that pollution made us more susceptible to COVID. And with fewer cars to frighten us off, so many of us dusted down bikes that we hadn't used for years and set out on two wheels. Sighted cycle shops recorded record sales, neighbours swapped children's bikes and the waiting list for cycle repairs, well, it gets longer and longer. Even the electric bike shop in Wheatonstead reports that e-bikes are flying off the shelves, with some going to cyclists as old as 80. But will this enthusiasm for cycling continue as cars return to our roads and we return to our busy lives? In this show, we'll hear from Helen Burridge, taking her whole family out cycling for the first time, from cycling advocate Mike Hartley, and from councillor Annie Brewster, who's campaigning to make at least one road a little safer. Let's start by hearing from Helen Burridge. She lives in Fleetville and she joined me online to describe how her family had got on cycling during lockdown. Helen, thank you for for joining me. So what was it about lockdown that got you and your family onto your bicycles? Well, funny enough, we'd already been saying this year that this was going to be the summer that we were going to get our six-year-old on his bike. Uh, We've got a 10-year-old girl who loves cycling and our six-year-old's been on stabilizers, but we were looking forward to the summer to do that. So when lockdown started and the schools closed, that was going to be the challenge for lockdown. What we discovered is that actually it only took us a week to get him comfortable on his bike because we had this one hour of allotted exercise. We got more hours in practicing with the younger child than we would have done over six weeks in normal life. What we discovered is the children are much more prepared to ride for an hour than walk for an hour. And what did you think about the cycling experience? It's been really interesting. We're lucky enough to live just around the corner from Oakland's College, um, which we've been using as a little cycling area. We've then discovered paths that connect Oakland's College to the Auburn Way and the um, former aerodrome site by Hatfield University. So we've been discovering all sorts of off-road paths to build up experience and to build up those miles just to get our son comfortable what we've discovered is we've pretty much had a year's worth of riding that we would have done as I said in olden days in the space of six weeks and he is now as confident as my daughter is and she's obviously been riding for three or four years so it's been really brilliant he's demonstrating to me yesterday that he can balance with his feet on the crossbar like a little cycling yoga (laughs) he gets his speed up so he's, he's really enjoying it and it's just so brilliant because it's completely changed what we're able to do in terms of family trips out and also we're now even considering holidays and what have you incorporating the bikes too. Would you consider cycling on roads? Well to start with my husband um, works in A&E so he tends to see an awful lot of car versus bike and car versus pedestrian and obviously his version of um, the regularity of those accidents tends to be slightly skewed given that he sees more of those than all the people that don't get involved with cars. So he was quite nervous to start with. 
we have done a little bit of on-road cycling and particularly trying to teach my son some of the sort of um, road safety in terms of indicating, but obviously he's quite early in terms of his cycling life to be able to take a hand off the, the um, handlebars and indicate. My daughter's confident on the road. My son is getting better. As it stands, we've done some road cycling. We attempted a rather painful bike ride over across to Willows Farm and Willows Lakes. What we discovered there was a bit of a lack of joined upness of the cycle paths with the roads. We ended up going on more roads than we would have liked. Also, a lot of the country lanes, of course, are 40, if not more miles an hour. And when there's blind curves, that is a little bit alarming as well when people in their fancy cars take the empty roads and go for all sorts of interesting routes into the countryside it can make it a bit hairy so we have done it we'll probably do more I ride and have ridden for years I rode in London for five years before I was married and I love cycling and I'm very keen that they are not scared of being on the road. So what changes would enable you to replace car journeys with cycle journeys it sounds like at the moment they were mainly sort of amenity journeys you were making yeah we've done a little bit of um purposeful cycling if you like and in fact um what we've managed to do over the last couple of weeks my kids have gone back into school on a sort of piecemeal basis and we've actually been riding to school where previously we would have walked or taken the car so that's been brilliant um in terms of using it more frequently i think as a family we tend to go either go into town in which case it's just going to be a case of getting my son's endurance up a little bit so that he's a bit more confident doing a bit of a hill on the hatfield road but i think also continuity of paths whether that path is on the pavement and so the pavement needs to re- remain some kind of width at the moment we've got issues where you know suddenly there's a route or there's a tree or it suddenly goes very narrow or you cross the road and then the sidewalk disappears I don't necessarily need cycle paths everywhere. It would be nice if there were. But I think an understanding of expectations from pedestrians and from cyclists would be really useful to sort of join up some of those routes. We've just, I mean, I know that you've discussed in great detail in the past, Amanda, the cycle paths around St. Albans that start and stop with no warning or signs that say left to Hatfield. And so you start merrily riding and then there are no more signs and they just suddenly then point to other places instead. So then you don't know if you should be going straight or right or left or more. And I think a little bit more clarity and directional signage and even some maps occasionally when we were riding over to willows farm the other week the um we saw a load of cycle path signs saying path two left path 78 right I'm like, i have no idea which these cycle paths are i've never heard of them before didn't know they existed and there were no maps there was no indication as to where two or 78 led to so you couldn't use that to get your bearing it sounds like you plan to continue cycling e- even after lockdown Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. I personally love going into the countryside and going on long country walks. My children are slightly less inclined. And um, yeah, absolutely. What we're seeing is children, our kids certainly will happily ride for an hour, but they will whinge if they walk for an hour. So in fact, my husband's now got a roof rack. We're looking into cycle racks and what that would look like. As we've said between ourselves within the family, it's changed what we can do with our leisure time fundamentally. 
I was talking there to Helen Burridge. I love Helen's enthusiasm and it's great to hear how she is passing her love of cycling on to her kids. And you know, I think she's right that children like cycling better than walking. I mean, the kids that I've seen, particularly cycling back from school, seem to be having a great time. But the call for better provision for people on bicycles is not a new one. I caught up with long-term cycling advocate Mike Hartley. Apologies for the sound quality. Mike, thank you for joining me. So lots of people, you know, they've discovered the joys of getting around on a bike, whereas you've been an advocate of two-wheel travel for quite a long time ago. What do you think is needed to make cycling safer and more viable around St Albans? I think we really need a decent cycle network. We've got some great bike routes, the Alban Way, uh, the Green Ring and the other um, the other ex-railway lines, but they're not really connected. They're not connected to um, to people's near people's houses. So we need routes that make people feel safe when they're riding from their front door to wherever they want to go. If you were a, a politician, um, you know, in Hertfordshire um, County Hall at the moment, what would be the, the first three things you do to um, ensure that cyclists coming out of lockdown stay cycling? I'd be looking for whatever we can do on a temporary basis right now. So um, the local transport, local transport policy firmly supports cycling. What we need is politicians with guts and with real a real thrust to get the cycling infrastructure built out. Mike, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Well, perhaps one of the politicians that Mike is talking about is ex-mayor and district and county councillor, Councillor Annie Brewster, who is currently campaigning for a cycle path on the road between Redbourne and St Albans. Councillor Brewster joined me online. Councillor Brewster, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So do you cycle yourself? Uh, Amanda, I don't. And uh, I'm uh, very sporty, as you probably know. I was a, a, a very keen runner. Um, but I don't cycle for the simple fact I'm very scared for being scared to be uh, knocked off my bicycle. Particularly where we live, we've got very much Roman and medieval roads with very little width. And uh, so I think I've had too many friends who've had accidents on bikes and it makes me very anxious. Okay. Um, so you are campaigning for a cycle path in the, on the Redbourne Road. Why did you choose that road in particular? So um, I'm campaigning for all sorts of cycle paths, particularly out of Wheat Hampstead, because we've got about five routes that don't have one on. Well, there's no way to cycle out of Wheat Hampstead. So campaigning on all of these things. But the exciting thing about the Redbourne Road is I believe it ticks the boxes that the government wants the new funding that they've released to be spent on, particularly uh, new, new infrastructure such as a pop-up bike lane to give a protected space for cyclists post-COVID. As everyone's got a new hobby, taking up cycling, it's very important. And as people return to work, uh, we hope to actually take advantage of the new habits and have people cycling to work and to school. And the beauty okay. of that road, the old uh, Watling Street, the Roman road, old A5 in the 70s, is it so wide 
So um, this is for pop-up lanes on existing roads. And as you probably know, there aren't many wide roads in our district at all. So you say that there should be money available for for, for this. It's not something that, you know, obviously money is a bit short at the moment. It's not money that could be spent on, on other things, for example. Money is incredibly short for everything. You're absolutely right. But the Department of Transport announced this emergency active travel fund And this is part of the first tranche, and they've asked for ideas that uh, can be delivered uh, pretty quickly uh, that will, uh, for things like uh, a segregated bike lane. So I'm, I'm... really hopeful that um that that if we secure the funding from the government this will be favorably considered amongst other schemes within Hertfordshire. right okay so so what have you done how are you doing the campaign then you oh, you believe you've got a petition is that right so in terms of um i've made an application to uh, county council myself as we've been asked as councillors where we would uh, recommend uh, such initiatives to happen. Um, Redbourne um, themselves uh, with their um, active in Redbourne and the wonderful bike loft that's there. It's a mecca of cycling as you probably know, um, the lovely cafe for cyclists and a shop there and they started a petition about 24 hours ago and I think they're already over 1200 signatures which is astonishing in that speed if we want to support the campaign what would what do we do where would we find that petition so it's run on something called 38 degrees um and if one just puts in uh, save lives support campaign for cycling in redbourne it will come up and i believe it's also on the active in redbourne and the bike loft websites Right. Lovely. Excellent. Um, And uh, I mean, other roads are dangerous, aren't they? As you've already said, you don't cycle because um, because you've, you know, considered the the, the roads around St. Albans and and Whitton said to to be too dangerous. Really, are steps being taken to to try and make things safer more generally so that, as you say, um, all those people who have started cycling during lockdown will continue to do so as we need them to? Amanda, I think it's absolutely vital. I um, believe there's been about a 70% rise in people using bikes in lockdown, which is completely astonishing. And um, that if they don't, this is not really just for the thin-wheeled, lightra-clad, amazing cyclists, because quite frankly, they'll go on any road. They're, they're, they're completely fearless. This is for people, even with the um, upsurge in e-bikes, in, in electric bikes, to feel they can travel without worrying if they're a bit wobbly or whatever, they've got somewhere safe to travel, would be absolutely fabulous. And I've seen complete families out on bikes that I've never seen before. And this particular route is really important because there's no other safe way, even cross-country, to get between Hemel Hempstead, Harpenden, St Albans, and it links up all the wonderful cycle routes of the Nicky Line, the Green Ring around St Albans, the Auburn Way. So it it really uh, gets all our settlements linked together. Okay. Councillor Brewster, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. I was talking there to Councillor Annie Brewster now, and he told me afterwards that the cycle lane would be delineated with sort of wands fixed to the road um, fittings that were a bit like cat's eyes, so it wouldn't just be a painted white line on the road.
And if you'd like cycling around our district to be safer, then you might like to know that St Albans Extinction Rebellion and St Albans Friends of the Earth are holding a short meeting online on Monday evening, 8pm, to discuss campaigning for a blanket 20 mile an hour zone around the city. You can go to the St Albans Friends of the Earth website or email saintalbansfoe at hotmail.com for more details. Um, Perhaps a bike shop might be your nomination for this year's Chamber of Commerce Sustainable Business Award. This new award recognises any business or organisation that can demonstrate success in minimising their environmental impact in their operations in the supply chain or in product use to address the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Now, you can nominate your favourite business or if you think your business ticks these boxes, then you can nominate yourself. You'll find details on the St Albans Chamber of Commerce website and do hurry because um, the closing date is very, very soon. Now, you can listen to any edition of Environment Matters by going to radioverolum.com forward slash podcasts. Plus, you can subscribe to the weekly Environment Matters podcast through your favourite podcast provider. Always lovely to hear from you on Twitter at RV underscore environment. There's the Environment Matters Facebook page for you to check out and drop me a line on amanda at radioverolum.com with your ideas and comments. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then... Thank you for listening.